It is a privilege to be here this morning. I mean, we've been doing this now for 18 years. I know we started off in the men's home. We had our services there for a few years. It was more of a Bible study slash church service. And then God blessed us with the, the children's ministry at first. And then we worked our way this way. And we got the building right here and then the offices. Then we started working our way that way. And God says, no, come back this way. So we're here this morning and we're blessed this morning. And, and we're ready to... Um, Going to the new year, but, you know, I, I begin to go into the new year, and every new year, God gives me a, a not a vision, but he gives us a, a, a theme or, or, or something that we, we go by, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Lord, you, you haven't spoke to me and gave us uh, the theme for this year, so what am I going to tell the congregation? And so the Lord began to speak to me, and he says, what's most important? I said, what do you mean? He says, why are you here? I'm here to give messages. I'm here to be a pastor. I'm here to preach. And, and he says, no, what's important? God wants to know what's important. And so he began to show me scripture, and he says, one of the teachers of the law, Mark chapter 12, beginning with verse 28, says, one of the teachers of the law came to and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus has given them a good answer. And he asked them, of all the commandments, which is in the most because which is the most important? If you can't see that, that's important right here. It is, right? He says, out of all the commandments, which is important? He's telling Jesus, and Jesus just got questioned by the Pharisees. He was getting questioned by the priests. He was getting questioned by everybody. So the Sadducees and the scribes decided, you know what, we're going to get him. If the, priest could, the high priest couldn't get him, the Pharisees couldn't get him, uh, we, as Sadducees and scribes, we're going to get him, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to put him in his place. So they go to Jesus, and they find Jesus, and they said, out of all the commandments, what's important? Out of everything that God has commanded us, what do you think is most important? And, I, and that's the question he's, what do you think is most important? And God has shown me, what, out of everything that I've shown you, what, what do you think is most important? And I want to give you a quick background. you got to understand something here. The Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, they didn't, they didn't get along. In fact, they didn't like each other. One believed in resurrection. One didn't believe in resurrection. And the high priests were more like community workers in, in control of things and control of the religion and, and control of stuff. And, and kind of like, uh, I'm going to use you two to make sure they keep their traditions. In other words, if everybody's wearing black, Sadducees and Pharisees, you are out there. You make sure everybody that comes is going to be wearing black. And or hey, we, we we don't do we don't eat this and we don't act like that and we don't drive that. We don't. It, so they were more like religious protectors, and the priests were more like community workers. And they were always out there and and working with the community and and religion and 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 all of a sudden there, it got to a place where all of a sudden Jesus came with some new stuff. It's almost like, hey, you know what, we're, we're going to reverse the chairs, we're going to put them in a circle, and we're going to have somebody just sit in the middle with their, their hands like this, and they're going to give the word. We're like, wait a second, that's not church. That's, that's, they're, mess, they're messing up the program. Some of us get upset when we, we change the chairs around. It's strange to me, but we, some of us like, wait a second, we don't usually sit like this. I usually sit there, and there's some guy sitting there right now. Right? Can we get an amen? 
or hey, wait a second, they used, they, used, they were supposed to do three worship songs and then one praise song, and they only did one. And what really throws you off when we take a second offering. No, in the Bible, they only took one offering. I mean, so what I'm saying is, is, is all of a sudden they had debates and, 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 and all these, you know, these rules and regulations. And, and all of a sudden this guy, this teacher, and he was a great teacher, and he comes to Jesus and says, hey, uh, Jesus, uh, what do you think is most important? And Jesus answers him. Keep going. That means keep going with the scriptures. not working father we forgive technology for it does not know what it's doing we're good no good how oh sad to get it off and so jesus answers him jesus says to him the first or the most important commandment is hear o israel the lord our god is one And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And this is the most important commandment. And so he says, listen, Jesus, what do you think is the most important commandment? He says, oh, remember what they said in Deuteronomy chapter 6. He didn't say that, but that's what he's referring to. He's referring to, here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. There is one God. Only one God. Three components, but one God. Three persons, but one God. Amen? But there's just one God. Get that straight. And you shall love him. I said, you shall love him. With all your what? With all your what? With all your heart. With all your mind with all your soul, with all your strength. In other words, don't try to, okay, I love God with all my heart, but yeah, some of your strength is not loving him. Come on, you you understand what I'm trying to say? Well, I thought the heart is everything. No, your soul is something too. In other words, with everything within you, with your emotion, Right? With your physical body, with your, with your soul, with, with, with your connection with God, with your heart, with everything. What you have is to love God. It's the most important. It's important to God. Do you know that God is not looking for sacrifice? And he's not even looking for obedience. Because we always say obedience is greater than sacrifice, Right? Remember when Saul messed up? He was bringing a sacrifice, and, and, you know, Samuel came to him and says, listen, do you not know that obedience is greater than your sacrifice? He's not looking for sacrifice or obedience. He's looking for you to love. Now, let me tell you something. If you love him, you will be obedient. And then out of obedience, you would want to give sacrifices. But first things first is love. Because you can still be obedient without love. How many kids do things because they love you? Sorry, most kids do things because they want something in return. Can I get an amen? Most kids, not, not 
Not my kids. They always just do things because they love me. But most kids, they do things because they want something in return. They would give offering. Listen, they would give sacrifice, right, at obedience because they wanted to live. They didn't want to go to hell. They were, getting, they were receiving something in return. So they did sacrifice and out of obedience and all these things. And the reason why they did it is because they knew they were going to get something in return. Why do you go to work? I dare someone say, I work because I love it. How many people love to work? Okay, let me have your check next time. Just like, man, I'm just going to work. And Paul goes, and her husband goes, oh, no, no, no. You mean my check <laughs> or our check. You understand what I'm talking about. Most of the times we do things because we want something in return. But love just does stuff because they love them. And you know, listen, man, you know when you're in trouble, you try to buy your wife something. Why? Because you don't want her to be mad at you. No? Right? Or your kids, you know, they'll do something because they don't want, they want the relationship to, they, they don't want that in be, come on. And so what I'm saying when he says, what is most important? He says love. And you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your, with all your strength. And the reason why he brings this up, because you know what is important to God? What's important to God is that you love him. Now, he asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? But what's, what is important to God is that you love him. Because God created you for love. God created you for relationship. And you know the difference when you're not in a relationship or there's a relationship that's strained. It's uncomfortable. There's no peace. You have anxiety. There's a fear there. There's, there's a worry there. And, 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 the, and the interesting thing is, is when he says, I want you to love me with all your heart. So my, let me tell you something about God, though. He knows you're going to make mistakes. He knows you're going to fail him. He knows you're going to sin. He knows you're going to fall short, for, uh, short of, the, of his, what he expects out of you. But guess what? His love is unconditional. His love is still the same. So if there's a problem, it's not with God. Is that we forgot what's important. I said we forgot that what's important. And so Jesus answers him. And verse 30 says, this is the first commandment. This is the most important commandment. Now listen. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So first, first commandment goes connected. Someone say connected to the second. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. So mind and strength. And how many people say that's easy? To love God. When's the last time God did something bad to us? It's easy to love God, right? Because we know how good he is. But now he's trying to twist it and said, now I have to love my neighbors. I love myself. Love my neighbor? I barely love myself. Now you're calling me to love somebody that 
is really kind of unlovable. Have you ever had someone in your life that gets on your nerves? I mean, seriously, I'm talking about that person where you try so hard to be their friend or try so hard to go out of your way and try so hard to love them and try so hard to be an example of Jesus. Anybody? And that person is, you're just like, oh, God, give me love. Give me love. God, do something. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Sometimes it's an in-law. Or should I say outlaw? Sometimes it's a... Somebody at work. Sometimes it's, sometimes it can be your father. I have one of those fathers that I love him. Thank you, Jesus. I love him because God commands me to love him and because I love God. But if I were to look at him with flesh eyes, Can I just be honest with you? Sometimes I don't feel like loving him. Sometimes I want to hang, I don't even want to answer his phone. I know that your dad is perfect and your mom is perfect and your relationship. I'm talking about me. But because God commands me, he doesn't, hello, it's not a suggestion that I love him. It's not a suggestion that I love even the ones that hurt me in the past. Because it's easy to love those who love you. What reward is that? Come on, somebody. It's easy to love those who love you. What reward is that? I mean, I love Jennifer, and that should be enough. We've got to get some rewards afterwards. Right? I love my son, and I, and I, and I, and, but I get something. In, but to love those men from the men's home? Oh. Do you know that they're sinners? They came out of prison and some of them were messed up. You know, the sad thing is, even though I started the men's home, I needed the men's home more than they did. It's almost like God just placed me in the men's home because you need a men's home. And I remember the first day of the men's home, we, we got it, and we're all happy. And, you know, we we're thinking about, you know, it wasn't a men's home, by the way. It was three men that loved Jesus, supposedly, right? We just got there, and we we're going to say, okay, we're finally by ourselves. Because usually we live somewhere else. What are we going to do? And we start contemplating all this weird stuff. And my sister comes and says, okay, this is awesome. You guys got this home. Let's start praying. And all of a sudden, we started praying and we became the house of prayer. You see how that works? God, listen, it's a setup. Right? God set me up with Jen. I was minding my own business, right? We, you heard the story. I was minding, right, Irma? You heard the story? She's, I know it's hard to believe. Your beautiful 22-year-old gorgeous daughter would love somebody as good-looking as me. But you know what happened? It was a setup. It was a setup that you two met. It was a setup that you met Michael. It was a setup that you met. It was a setup. It wasn't, listen, what God brings together. It was a setup. It was a love connection. 
Keep going. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Keep going. Well said, the teacher. The man replied, you are right saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the burnt offering and sacrifice. I want you to understand what he's saying. See, we're going into a new year, and we're like, okay, new year, what are we going to do? What, what, to, what type of... Um, what type of theme, not only theme, but what, what are we going to do? Are we going to uh, start praying more, start fasting more, start having revival, start, start, start. And you know what he says? You know what you're going to start doing more? Loving. We are called agape for one reason. It's to love. You see, when we started, when we, when we brought the men's home back, when we started the men's home last year, it, develop, it started developing love. It started developing love for like, like, I can only imagine Jesus, you know, when I look at the, uh, the, the men, when the, the men in the men's home, when they were singing, remember last week, when they were worshiping? To me, I can imagine Jesus right there with the disciples, right? Crazy Peter and crazy John and come on, somebody, right? He's like, like, you, like them? See, God sees something different than what we see. I said God sees something different than what we see. When, when, when they came to anoint the, the king, when Saul messed up, uh, they were thinking, okay, this guy, he, he's good looking. He's, he has it together. He's a warrior. He's this. But you know what God was looking for? What was the most important quality to become king was that you would love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And God found a little shepherd boy in the field that loved God who chased God's heart. He was a God chaser. He, he wooed God. Listen, when I talk about a God chaser, you remember when you were in love how you chased? Some of you never experienced that before. Why are you laughing, buddy? You should have been. You understand when you're in love, what you do? Love does some crazy stuff, right? Right? Can you imagine, listen, can you imagine the way you were chasing after your husband or you're chasing after your wife because you, you wanted to have a connection that you kept it? That same type of, I got to pursue. I got to get a hold. I'm in love. But see, God is, he says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. You, want, you really want, I'll give it to you. you. You want to connect, I'll connect with you. You want more, I'll pour it on you. Hello. And how do we do this? By loving our neighbor. What do you mean? I don't get it. Do you realize when we started the men's home, that when, yes, when last week when they were singing, God began to show me that, hey, this is what I called you to do? It's to love those. And then, then, then they go to Orangewood, the children's home, and guess what? They, they went there for one thing only, to bring love. And all of a sudden, it begins to stir something inside of us. What is important, church? 
It's not the sacrifice. It's not the burnt offerings. It's not the building. It's not the lights. It's not the microphone. It's not the worship. It's not the dance. It's love. Because we could be religious and just have service and, and have, you know, really do something where everybody's entertained and, and everybody's excited. And guess what? We can say, my God, what an awesome service. And you go, what did you learn? I don't know, but I felt good. I'm not talking about feeling. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about agape love. I'm not talking about the church name. I'm talking about real agape love. It's greater than burnt offerings and sacrifices. Man, I feel good. I gave my tithe. Do me a favor. Don't ever give a tithe if it's not out of love. Can you imagine buying somebody a gift because you have to? When you tithe, what you're saying is, God, this is what I'm giving you, and I, and I hope you appreciate it. Like the woman with the two mites. Two mites, less than a penny. And she was going, God, I love you so much. This is all I have. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to give. And let me tell you something. Her burnt offering, her sacrifice, it was nothing. We see pennies in the streets and we walk by them. But to God, it was everything. It was an act of true love. And so he's saying, what, what's important, church? What is really important? Is it important that we fill this place up here? Is it important that we add more lights and maybe some smoke or, or maybe, you know, a bigger screen? Or, or is, is it important that, hey, that we do all these things and, and to make ourselves to feel like, oh, my God, this church is growing. Let me tell you something. It's going to grow when you start to love. When you start loving your neighbor. How much can those kids give back to us from the, uh, the Orangewood? How much are we going to receive from them? Nothing. But you know what we're going to receive? One day when you have one of those kids says, I remember when you visited me. What do you mean? Well, the Bible is very simple when it says it. Jesus says, listen, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was in prison and you didn't visit me. When did we see you, Jesus? When did we not see you, you know, struggling and, and dealing with, I would have seen Jesus. I would have gave him five bucks. I would have, I would have maybe gave him a ride somewhere, and I would have maybe opened. Listen, he says, when you didn't do it to them, to the least of them, you didn't do it to me. And he says, those who love me will be obedient. It's hard to love the guys in the men's home. It is. I'm not talking about me loving them. It's easy. I don't live with them. They know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the actual ones that live there together. Can I get an amen? As much as you say, yeah, man, that's my brother. I love him. Until he, he throws a big one by Bayou. Until he takes your cup of noodle. I'm not talking about me loving them. It's easy for me to love them. I love them to death. But I don't live with them. Hello? I don't live with them. I'm talking about for them to love. See, the reason why they're in the home because they don't know how to love, and, and God's creating that relationship. And if you be faithful with that love, then God could give you another love, and God could give you a love after that, and God could bless you, and God could teach you, and God could use you. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Some of you have a calling upon your life that you were prophesied years ago that you're going to do these great things. And all of a sudden you find yourself homeless or, or drug addicted or messed up or tore up. And you said, there's no way, there's no way. But yet you're here today because he pursued you because he loves you. And who knows? What's so difficult about those, the ones in the orange wood is that they have fathers and they have mothers. 
It's not like they're real orphans. Just that they don't have faithful fathers and faithful mothers. And some of us understand that. But if somebody can go drop a seed of love. What's important? What's important to you? Because let me tell you something. 100 out of 100 people will die. And what are they going to say about you? I want to close with this. Worship team, come on up. I know it was fast service, but I want to close with this. Probably about three or four years ago, there's a debate in the church, our church, people debating, people arguing about this, and we should do that, and we should do this, and, you know, I don't know why we don't give more word, or I don't know why we don't, we don't do this, and, and, and I don't know why we don't have more this, and, and I don't know why we, and, and they keep talking, and finally, they try to gather around my wife, and Say, it's, you know, pastor this and, and pastor that and, and pastor this. And she, you know what she said? He may not be the most outgoing, you know, have all these Bible studies and do all these things that you want him to do. But one thing you cannot, you cannot tell me that he doesn't love. And if I'm going to die, I want to be, I want to, I want to, when I die, I want my kids to say, you know what? My dad loved me. My brother loved me. My son loved me. My father, come on. My friend loved me. That's more important. That's way more important. I say the story, and I'll say it just for the last time. When my mom died, she didn't have a house. Didn't have a car. She didn't have a huge bank account. She didn't. She didn't have all these things that you think most people should have in the first place. In fact, I would say the opposite. She died of cancer. She died poor. But one thing she did leave behind for her children is that one, we know she loved us. She loved God with all her heart, soul, mind, and strength, and she loved people, and she loved herself. And I can sit here and tell you 18 years later, now that we're having service in this place, if it wasn't for a mother who gave love instead of all the other stuff that she had, she could have gave, I would not be here this morning talking to you about the greatest and the most important of this is love. And I find it interesting. I didn't know my sisters were going to come here this morning. But they're here. Because God wanted to remind them what kind of mother they had. And one of the things that my mom showed 
much as it irritated me, she loved my dad because she loved God with all her heart, with all her soul, and with all her strength. And if you want to know the most important thing in life, it's love. And with all eyes closed and heads bowed, if if someone that didn't have much can love and become rich in the end, there's not an excuse for us. Yes, sometimes our fathers are different. Sometimes even mothers are different. Sometimes children are different. Sometimes spouses are different. And sometimes friends. And even sometimes we deal with a lot of enemies. But never let it rob you from the most important thing, the reason why you were created before the law, before sin. Adam and Eve were in a garden, and their job and their purpose was to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. You have to understand where they were in a place called paradise, where there was no sorrow, no suffering, no sin, no death, no crying, no murders, no sickness, Come on, nothing like that. And their only job or their only thing they had to do, walk around naked and love God and without a shame. And it wasn't until they stopped loving God and chose something else. We have death today. But for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, to take what Adam and Eve lost and restore it back in Jesus Christ because he created us and it's important for him, God himself, that we would to love him. And a lot of times what we say is nobody cares. It's not a big deal. Let me tell you something. It's important to God that you love him. And so this morning... I want to bring in the new year with love. Not hate, not anger, not rejection, not, not our past. A fresh start. A fresh start. A fresh start with your families, a fresh start with your wife, a fresh start with your husband, a fresh start with your children, a fresh start with your coworkers at back when you go back to work, a fresh start. And when they look at you, they're going to say, what's wrong with you? They say, man, I just fell in love. You did? I thought you were married. Yes, I am married, but I still fell in love. And then you get to tell them why you're so blessed and why you feel the way you feel. I want to close, honestly, I, I would like to close. She's over there, Debbie. I would like to bring the youth in if you can, and I want to close with that one song that we, I came up to. I, I, I want you to, right now with all eyes closed and heads bowed, I know I switched it up, but I just feel it's important that we have that type of reckless love. 
And if there's anyone this morning that just wants to come to the altar and say, you know what? I want to renew my vows to that I made the Lord. I want to, I want to make things right with God. I want, to, I want to go back to my first love. You could still do the song until she gets here, Randall. I mean, but I just want to get to that place that we just say, you know what? I forgot what was important. It's just, it's okay to forget. This is why Jesus reminded us. And he reminded us because we have the Pharisees, we have the Sadducees, and we have the chief priests all arguing about whatever. And then he tells them what, what's important. It's not the temple. It's not the sacrifice. It's not the burnt offerings. It's not the priests. It's not the outer courts. It's not the, it's not even inside behind the veil. It's not even the Holy of Holies. The most important is love. And this morning, let love overwhelm you. And sometimes you just say, I love this person so much that I'm going to give them to God. What do you mean? Abraham loved Isaac so much. He loved him so much that he wanted to make sure that he was there throughout his life and to be a good role model and to be a good father and just to love him. And, and God says, I want your Isaac. I, I, want what, I want what you really, really love. And sometimes we love something more than God. And this morning, what I want you to do is say, you know what? God, here's my Isaac. Here's what I love more than anything. I'm willing to give that up. And you know what the crazy thing is? When you're willing to give that up, God will give it back to you because it's done out of love. And with all eyes closed and heads bowed, if that's you this morning, I want you to come to the altar and just say, you know what? God, fill me. Fill me with that love.